0: Good morning, pray that you are safe and that you are warm as we had decided to go to just do an online services this morning uh, we were a bit proactive in making this decision. We made it uh, yesterday and we decided because of the timing of the storm uh, the bitter cold winds coming in gusting thirty miles an hour or even stronger uh, below zero we just thought it'd be good to just do online services for this morning. Now, uh, you know, we do have people that come in from all over the area of Greeley, not just uh, in Greeley, but up in Eaton and Kersey and and down to Fort Lupton. We have people coming in from Milliken and even further uh, that are serving here. So we didn't want people out on the icy roads and uh, the wind chill being uh, below zero. And so we decided to do the online services. We'll be back next. Uh, Sunday, and we will have our normal, normal services at 8, nine thirty, and 11 o'clock, and uh, continuing our study of Matthew. Also, we will be doing the hymn night as well, because uh, we're not going to have middle schoolers this afternoon. We're not going to have hymn night tonight. That has all been canceled, but uh, we're so glad that you've joined us, and again, pray that you are safe. Now, just because the snow's on Sunday doesn't mean that we're going to cancel you know, services, but we do look at the factors uh, when we have a winter storm warning uh, that is issued for Sunday morning and it's coming in and ramping up, we just decided that this would be best. And uh, But, you know, at other times we are going to gather when uh, it is snowing and it isn't that bad and people can get around. Uh, so we just do it by case by case, uh, you know, um, snowstorm that comes in and uh every time that there's inclement weather that is going to hit us so we do pray that you're safe we'll be back on schedule next week and we want to uh, make sure that um, everybody you know is able to to uh, be in a place where they're not coming out on very icy roads and and things like that. So that's why we made the decision to do online. So I uh, just pray that everyone is doing well and healthy. It has been a challenging year. Now we're going to be in our study here in Matthew chapter 11. We're going to begin at verse 12, but I do have a couple things I want to run by you. And that is, as I've already mentioned, that uh, we will be back here next Sunday. Don't forget about our online service on Wednesday night as we're getting close to finishing the book of Jeremiah. and We have uh, that last section that Jeremiah is speaking about the nations and uttering some uh, prophecy concerning those nations. So we'll look at that. It's very interesting, and uh, it has been a very tremendous uh, and wonderful study going through the book of Jeremiah. So we'll continue that on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And then, as I mentioned, next week we will have the hymn night at 6 o'clock, weather permitting. It's supposed to get nice towards the end of the week after this storm comes in that uh, we are planning on doing it, uh, weather permitting, outside on the back deck. And uh, we'll have some uh, hot chocolate, and it just be a fun night. So just be looking for that hymn night here at church next Sunday. Also starting next week, because next Sunday we start November, uh, we are going to have Operation Christmas Child this year. We've been in a collection uh, drop-off for shoeboxes uh, for for the Greeley area for many many years, uh, 15 16 years, and Operation Christmas Child is going to take place this year. It's going to look a little different. And uh, Gail Fritz, who oversees the collection of the shoeboxes, has for years, is doing some training how they wanna do it, how uh, Operation Christmas Child Samaritan Purse wants to do it. So it may be more out in the parking lot, just because of the COVID and making sure everyone's safe. So we'll let you know, but next Sunday on the 1st of November, that we are going to have shoe boxes that are available. We encourage you to get those shoe boxes, fill fill them up, and then bring them back during collection week. We'll have all that information for you, and we'll tell you exactly how the collection week is going to go. and I know people help during it. We're going to see how much help uh, that we need or uh, all the procedures and all of that on that that Gail's being trained on. So be looking for that. Also, as we're going to be heading into the holiday season, we're going to continue to just uh, register for services on Sunday and just be in prayer. It has been such a challenging year for all of us in, in different ways, different degrees, and certainly for us here at church, just trying to move forward and having services where we're safe. And God has been very merciful to us. And uh, we haven't had a problem with COVID or people coming in with COVID. And we still want to be careful. We still want to uh, gather together. We want to meet together. But we want to do it safely as as we can and we're all hearing reports of the you know COVID surging again and uh, so we just want to continue to pray and we want to finish the year safely and uh, just seeking the lord as we go into 2021 i think a lot of us are looking forward to a new year uh, but we still got a ways to go before we finish in the holiday season And I pray that we are blessed this holiday. There are so many people that have gone through loss this year and just the things that have happened uh, a year ago, if we would have mentioned all the things that we've seen going on around us in 2020, not just with the pandemic, with uh, what we see going on in our nation, the fires in Colorado, we want to be praying and uh, we want to be praying for those who this last week have experienced so much loss it's it's so hard to see the pictures of this um, fire in granby that came through and um, has spread matter of fact uh, what i believe is the last reports and and we'll hear more about it today i'm sure is that the fire was coming into estes park on the very west side it was only a mile or two away And and with the weather coming in, we pray the weather comes in early, stops that fire. We're thankful for the snow. We pray for moisture this year, but so many people have gone through so much in uh, the fires that uh, have... Uh, popped up, just the Mullen Fire up in Wyoming, the Cameron Peak Fire in uh, northern Colorado and, and the East Troublesome Fire um, that uh, has burnt uh, through Rocky Mountain National Park and, and so many homes. They don't know how many have been lost. We hear the stories, don't we? And we see the pictures and, and we do, we feel for them because it's more than a house or a cabin that burns down. It's a home. And any of us that have a home, the memories that are there, you know, the life that we we have there, and it's our sanctuary, and, and, and there are people right now with winter coming on, they don't know when they can get up there, uh, if their homes are standing or not. And that's just not for those uh, in Grand can- County, but also those uh, up in um, north of Drake and Glenhaven and, and those areas up there. So we wanna take time to pray that these fires go out and for moisture this year, and for those who have experienced loss. And it has been such a difficult year. I can't imagine that happening on top of a pandemic. And uh, we wanna continue to pray um, for those who experience such loss. Also, uh, I wanna pray too for Jim and Chris Carlton. They were going to be here today. Uh, As many of you know, that Jim and Chris are gonna be leaving us this week and they're going to be moving to iowa and uh, jim has expressed months ago uh, that they felt the lord was leading them to be closer to family and they wanted to do that and being led to do that so they're going to be moving to iowa but we wanted to pray for jim and chris and they're not able to come here this morning Uh, but i do want to pray for them and i just want to express how much Uh, Jim has meant to me personally as a friend and in ministry. I met Jim uh, when I first started in ministry 28 years ago, and uh, we talked about ministry. I remember meeting, and ever since then, he's been a part of my life and been a part of uh, the ministry that God has called me to do down in Colorado Springs. That's where we first met, and then I came up here to start the church, and Jim came up about a, a year after we started and has been a part of our fellowship ever since for 13, 14 years, the worship leader, and it's been an elder and assistant pastor, uh, and um, I'm so appreciative of them. And so uh, I'm sad to see them go, but I know that they feel this is the best for them and their family and where God is leading them. Jim's going to be starting a new job at Pella and Windows, and he's going to be with his children there. And so we want to uh, just pray for the very best. And Jim, we love you, and I am very grateful for you in all the years of service and dedication. I will never forget it. We'll always be appreciative of you and Chris and your family, and you will always be a part of our church family, always. And uh, so we just will continue to stay in touch. Please come back and see us now that you can take vacations to colorado and uh we expect to see you uh as you make your way out here but uh lots to pray about before we get into our message and let's do that lord we do pray right now we just pray for um jim and chris we thank you for their service here the blessing they've been to us here at calvary greeley to so many people for so many years but we're going to say goodbye and we send them out with love and appreciation for their ministry. And Lord, I just pray that they get settled in and Jim in his new job, and and Lord, that you would bless them as they're with their children and um, with Megan and Lacey and uh, their grandchildren. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, continue to use them where they're at. But Lord, there is those who come into our lives uh, a few people that really touch your heart and really come along and are dedicated and loyal and Jim and Chris are that for me and for this church so I thank you for their years of service and I pray that you would just bless them and provide for them and um, that they would know that they're always a part of this family as they go out that you would help the move to be uh, smooth and Jim be settled in his new job, that you would uh, just protect them and provide for them in every way. And and Lord, uh, I know that you're not done with them. And uh, we just look forward to the things that you have for them. So we send them out with our love and appreciation. And Father, I also want to just pray for uh, those who have lost so much this year. As we see the devastating effects of those fires, the East Troublesome Fire, um, that burn 100,000 acres in a day and many homes, they think maybe hundreds of homes have been burned. We even have uh, uh, fatalities and the firefighters are exhausted. We have seen a fire season unlike in our history. Uh, Well over half a million acres burnt up here in, in northern Colorado, southern Wyoming. And Lord, we just pray that this snow would put those fires out and stop the spread. But we also pray for those who have gone through loss that are now entering into winter um, without a home and and wondering what to do and how they're going to rebuild. There are those who are in hotels right now wondering if their home is still standing and when they're going to get there. Not just in Grand County, but also in Laramie County with the Cameron Peak fire and in the Glen Haven area and Lord we just pray for your peace and your working and that we would come together that Lord to to be of help and encouragement and Lord I just pray as we continue to maneuver through this pandemic and we hear the news of the COVID uh you know beginning to uh, rise the cases and things like that and then a surge we we just pray for your continued mercy and grace upon the families here upon our community our state our nation and lord that um, you would protect us and keep us safe and we've been able to meet and uh, lord i pray that we would continue to be able to meet safely and be healthy and but we commit it all to you lord and for those who have gone through so much maybe a loss of job or Whatever the case may be, we've all had to adjust and adapt. I know we've had to here at church, and it it begins to wear on us. It wears, and it makes us weak, and and, and we wonder in the uncertainty. But, Lord, we know that you're our certainty, and you strengthen us when we're weak. And, Lord, I I pray for this holiday season would be a blessing to us. And as we will enter into a new year in a couple months, that... Lord, we look forward to what you have, but no matter what comes our way, we have you. So bless our hearts, Lord, in the teaching of your word. Lord, we just ask that you take your word and bring comfort to us in edification and strength. So Lord, bless the teaching of your word right now, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So as we opened up last week, you recall opening up the chapter, chapter 11, that It's on the heels of Jesus sending out the 12 apostles. The word apostle means sent out one. And he called them, he sent them, and he had a specific task for them to do. He would empower them to do that as he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And not only did he give them a specific task to do, he gave them a very specific message to give to the uh, cities of Israel that they would be going into, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, the king is here. uh, The kingdom is at hand. And after sending out the 12, two of John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus as John was in prison. And he sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus ARE YOU THE COMING ONE, OR DO WE LOOK FOR ANOTHER? SO JOHN IS IN THAT DUNGEON CELL. HE'S IN PRISON, BUT HE'S ALSO IN A DUNGEON OF DOUBT AND and DISCOURAGEMENT AND CONFUSION. John had heard the reports that blind eyes are being opened, the deaf are hearing, that the demoniacs are being freed, just as the prophets had written concerning the ministry of the Messiah. And they had also written concerning Messiah that he would open up the prison doors. And John is in this season of doubt and, and wondering, and he may perhaps very well be thinking in that dungeon cell, well, what about me? If the ministry of Messiah, and I'm the forerunner to the Messiah, is to open up prison doors, and to free those who are in captivity, I certainly qualify for that. And, and so he sends his two disciples to ask Jesus, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And we saw last time that Jesus would affirm his ministry to John. Go back and tell John the things that you have seen and heard. And also he would, Jesus, affirm John's ministry, for John is more than a prophet. He is the one that Malachi would speak of, Malachi the prophet that lasts BOOK OF THE OLD TESTAMENT THAT BEHOLD I WILL SEND MY MESSENGER BEFORE YOUR FACE WHO WILL PREPARE YOUR WAY BEFORE YOU AND JESUS WENT ON TO SAY TO THE MULTITUDES THAT AMONG THOSE BORN OF WOMEN THERE HAS NOT RISEN ONE GREATER THAN JOHN THE BAPTIST SO REALLY COMPLIMENTING HIM AND AFFIRMING HIS MINISTRY THAT HE IS DOING GREAT THINGS AND WE COVERED ALL OF THAT THAT JOHN DIDN'T DO ANY MIRACLES BUT HE IS THE ONE THAT POINTED TO JESUS SPOKE OF JESUS said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world you see moses couldn't do that we we think about the old testament prophets up till the time of john The the great men of faith that were used of God, Moses couldn't do that. The one who parted the Red Sea who was up on the mountain of God on holy ground and brought down the law, the Ten Commandments. Uh, We know that Elijah couldn't do that. The one who called down fire from heaven and caused it not to rain for three and a half years. We know that uh, David couldn't do that. The shepherd boy who defeated the champion Goliath. None of the Old Testament prophets could do that. AND JESUS WOULD SAY, HE WHO IS LEAST IN THE KINGDOM OF GOD IS GREATER THAN HE. THAT IS YOU AND ME. AND JOHN HAD A MESSAGE OF REPENTANCE. HE HAD A BAPTISM OF REPENTANCE, PREPARATION FOR THE COMING MESSIAH. I BAPTIZE YOU WITH WATER, BUT THERE IS ONE WHO IS COMING WHO WILL BAPTIZE YOU WITH FIRE AND THE HOLY SPIRIT. AND YOU SEE, WE NOW HAVE A MESSAGE, NOT OF PREPARING FOR MESSIAH, BUT YOU AND I HAVE A MESSAGE OF PROCLAIMING THE MESSIAH a proclamation of redemption that jesus went to a cross rose again and is alive and yes repentance is a part of that proclamation of redemption and as you call to him and surrender your life to him believe in him you can be forgiven and be a part of the kingdom of god jesus would say to the multitudes what did you go out in the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind no but he called out Herodian sin, John the Baptist did, one who was in adultery, and and it was Herod that had uh, John the Baptist arrested, thrown in that dungeon. You see, the religious leaders didn't call Herod out on his sin. He didn't call him on his adultery and, and all of that, but John did. And Jesus wanted the crowds to think, hey, John... He hasn't lost it. He's dedicated. He's more than a prophet. He was focused on a simple, important message, the Messiah is coming. And Jesus would give the elevation approval of John, even though he is weakened, even though he's doubting, uh, perhaps a bit confused. And I am so thankful for the ministry of the Messiah that, as we read in the book of Isaiah, that God doesn't break a bruised reed. He doesn't quench a smoking flax. And I think that's important for us to remember as we go through those times that John is going through. You know, the scripture tells us to be strong and of good courage. Joshua be strong of good courage, and I want to be strong. I want to be of good courage, but there are times where I don't always feel strong. And he doesn't come along and break a bruised reed. He he is one that when I am weak and bruised, that he comes and brings comfort and he brings strength. That I want to be on fire for the Lord. But sometimes my heart is just smoldering, and and there's not the warmth there, but there's actually it's cold in my heart. And the Lord doesn't just give up on me, but he desires to bring that warmth back and to bring that flame back into my heart. And it speaks of, as we look at Isaiah, his compassion for us. He understands, but we're but dust. So Jesus affirms the ministry of John, and then as we continue now with our text in chapter 11, verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So what is Jesus talking about here? Well, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know for sure. I'll just be honest with you. It could be in reference to the religious leaders of Jesus' day who were resisting the ministry of John and Jesus, leaders such as Herod that we just talked about that had John beheaded, the religious leaders who were seeking to have Jesus uh, be put to death. And the violent take it by force, which means to grasp in the meaning of laying claim to their own. Uh, Those leaders wanted a kingdom, but not the kind that Jesus was offering. So, they were resisting the message. The kingdom of God is at hand. Both the message of John the Baptist and Jesus, what they were preaching. And they wanted to establish their own rule. But as we continue in verse 13, for all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, In John chapter 1, John's gospel chapter 1, the religious leaders came out to the Jordan, and they asked John the Baptist directly, are you Elijah? And he responded by saying no. And here Jesus is saying, if you can receive it, this is Elijah. So how do you reconcile this? We will talk about this more when we get into chapter 17, when Jesus goes up on the Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, and there is Elijah and Moses on the mountain. And uh, they ask Jesus, why must Elijah come first? We know, again, the reference to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the, the last verses tell us that Elijah is going to come before the, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And as we know from Luke chapter 1, that we read that John the Baptist was was going to minister in the spirit and power of Elijah. That's what was told to Zacharias that was in the temple. And I believe that Elijah, that he very well could be one of the two witnesses that we read about in Revelation chapter 11. That we know that the two witnesses will be on the scene in the tribulation period, and they will shut the heavens up where it doesn't rain for three and a half years. Uh, They will call down fire from heaven. That's the ministry of Elijah. The other one, perhaps, is going to be Moses, but that's a study for another time. So, Jesus, saying of John the Baptist that his ministry is in the spirit and power of Elijah, in verse 16, but to what shall I liken this generation? Is it like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the fruit for"? Flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Verse nineteen: A son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Not only were the religious leaders closed to the ministry of Jesus, they were closed to the ministry of John the Baptist. And Jesus is saying, nothing makes you guys happy. This generation, you religious leaders, nothing makes you happy. You're not receiving what God is doing. You're very critical. You're cynical. It's like children sitting in the marketplace. The, fruit, the flute is played, and you sit there, and you do nothing. You don't like it. And we mourned and you did not lament. So Jesus is saying, "You guys are unreasonable." John didn't come fasting. Of course, he was out there in the wilderness chomping on grasshoppers and locusts, and they criticized him, said that he has a demon. The Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and they criticized me saying, a glutton and a friend of sinners." The religious leaders just had this spirit of being so critical and judgmental and being negative. And unreasonable. And it wasn't just against Jesus and against John the Baptist, but it was against the people as well. And I pray for us that we wouldn't be ones that we just have that kind of spirit, that we're cynical and judgmental and critical, that we just look down on people. I pray that we would be like Daniel in the Old Testament, that Daniel was in difficult circumstances. He was in captivity. He was away from his family. He had the pressures of serving Nebuchadnezzar, but it tells us that he had an excellent spirit within him. And I pray that we would have a spirit of joy and gentleness and and kindness the fruit of the spirit that's being worked out in our lives not of being harsh and not of being critical and judgmental and wanting to put people down what do people what kind of spirit do we display to people i I think about the book of acts and in in acts chapter eight when revival broke out in samaria that we know that they went up to the samaria There was a revival that broke out in that city, and it tells us in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, that there was great joy in that city. When you go to Acts chapter 13, verse 52, Paul and Barnabas brought the gospel to Antioch, and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. You go to Acts chapter 15, verse 3, in the cities of Galatia, on Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey, that they caused great joy to all the brethren. When you go to Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul said to the Ephesian elders, I don't count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race with joy. When Paul wrote his second letter to the Corinthian believers, he said, I don't have dominion over you, but to be a fellow worker, a fellow helper of your joys, what my desire is. You see, there's a theme there. There's a theme of, of joy And we should have a spirit of joy that people see even when we're going through difficulties, even when we feel weakened, even when perhaps we're discouraged. But underneath it all, there's a joy that is unspeakable, not just being critical and cynical, that we would bring joy wherever we go and whoever that we speak to, because we have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And as Jesus is speaking about that, now in verse 20, he says he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. And he says, "'Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes.'" But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. So as we read this, Jesus here, he rebukes the cities in Galilee in which most of his mighty works were done, which were Chorazin, Bethsaida, the apostles. Many of them were from that area. Uh, those areas, uh, Bethsaida and Chorazin, recently excavated there. And then Capernaum, where we have read that uh, many of the specific events that, that have happened so far in Matthew's gospel took place in Capernaum. Uh, that, that, you know, m- where many of the people are pressing in, uh, great multitudes to Jesus. It's recorded there in Capernaum, nestled on the north shores of the Sea of Galilee. And he goes on, and he, as he brings this rebuke to them, he says, those cities of Tyre and Sidon up north, Sodom down south, if they would have seen the miracles, they would have repented. And Jesus said it had been more tolerable for them in a the day of judgment. These are strong words coming from a compassionate Lord, and Jesus is being honest. Oh, Capernaum, Chorazin, Bethsaida, which are all ruins right now, never been rebuilt. Very beautiful in that area, They're very mild. You think you would think that they would be rebuilt, but they haven't. And, and the people of that area saw the miracles. They heard Jesus preach the kingdom of God but they did not repent for the most part. And we can get into this this theological discussion, which a lot of people do in this text about, you know, the scripture indicates different degrees of judgment, as he said, that it'd be more tolerable in Sodom, Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. But here, I want to bring it home a little bit closer for us. Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum, in the region of Galilee where Jesus spent so much time, And this has got to be hard for Peter, who lived in Capernaum, Andrew, Philip, uh, that was from Bethsaida, and James and John from that area as well, It must have broken their hearts to have to hear that coming from our Lord. And I think that Jesus is saying these words, not with anger, but he's saying it with a broken heart. It's, it's similar to when he wept over Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. As the scripture says, he wept for Jerusalem. How I long to gather you to myself as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not going to come. You didn't come. And now your city is left to you. It's left to you desolate. He wept over Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying this after descending of the 12. He would say the same thing in Luke chapter 10 after descending out of the 70. And in Luke's account of him rebuking those cities, he would say, you Capernaum who were exalted to heaven will be brought down to Hades. And he goes on to say that he who hears you hears me and he who rejects you rejects me and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. He says, oh, Capernaum, For three years, Mark says that Capernaum was the city of Jesus. For three years, he had made that little place, that little city, nestled on the north shores of the Sea of Galilee, very beautiful, very quiet. You can go through the ruins today, and you can just picture when you do, when we go there on our trips, the multitudes that are there, and and pressing in, and And the boats out there in the Sea of Galilee, it's believed they had a stone 200-foot-long dock that the fishermen would come in. And and just all the activity during this time, uh, the miracles, Matthew was saved there. And understand what Jesus is saying. You, Capernaum, with his heart hurting and weeping, you are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. Isaiah tells us that... God laid out the universe by the span of his hand. Jesus is the creator. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with the span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. The creator of all the universe measured out the universe, the heavens with the span of his hand, he holds it. And then in our solar system, there is our planet, our world. And in our planet, he set aside the nation of Israel. And in Israel, he would set aside Jerusalem where the acts of the ages will be realized. Where the lamb slain before the foundation of the world will be crucified and rise again. And before his crucifixion, he sets aside Capernaum, where the creator of the universe lived for nearly three years. I mean, think about this. In all of human history, Rome, the capital of the mighty Roman Empire at this time, never saw anything like that. Before that, Athens and all their intellect and philosophy and Greek culture and sophistication. Athens never saw anything like that. Alexandria of Egypt and the, and the records and the libraries and the books never saw anything like that in the Egyptian wisdom that they would follow. Here for three years in this little insignificant village, as far as the world was concerned, Jehovah God in human flesh walked among them. He walked in their streets. HE ENTERED THEIR HOMES, HE TAUGHT IN THEIR SYNAGOGUES, HE HEALED THEIR SICK, HE RAISED THEIR DEAD, HE FED THEM ON a HILLSIDE, HE TAUGHT THEM THE SERMON ON THE MOUNT, HE TAUGHT THEM THE PARABLES OF THE KINGDOM, HE WALKED ON THE WATERS OF THEIR SHORE, HE WOULD CALM THE WIND, AND FOR THREE YEARS, THE CREATOR, FOR BY HIM ALL THINGS WERE CREATED THAT ARE IN HEAVEN AND THAT ARE ON EARTH. All things were created through him and for him. For three years in all of human history and in all of geography, Capernaum hosted Jehovah God. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, heaven, of course, is God's dwelling place, and for three years it was Capernaum that was the holy of holies, WHERE THE TANGIBLE PRESENCE OF GOD WAS. AND NOW HE'S WEEPING OVER CAPERNAUM. HE KNEW THE FACES. HE KNEW THE FAMILIES. HE KNEW THE CHILDREN AS HE SPOKE TO THEM. HE He TOUCHED THEM. YOU SEE, DAVID, ISAIAH, DANIEL WOULD HAVE LOVED TO HUNG OUT THERE FOR THOSE THREE YEARS. AND HE TURNS TO HIS DISCIPLES AND HE SAYS, THERE ARE THOSE who are going to turn away and those who are going to hear. There are those who are going to reject me, and as they do, they reject the Father who has sent me. And what Jesus is telling us as we conclude this section of the chapter is he's saying that the stakes could not be higher. It reminds us that he weeps today of those who reject him. He gives a warning of those who reject him that they will be desolate. We've seen that in the book of Jeremiah that over and over again that the Lord warned his people because you refuse to listen to me that your place is left to you desolate. Even after the destruction of Jerusalem, as they went down to Egypt, they thought, we'll be safe in Egypt. And the Lord said, don't go, because you're going to be desolate. You're going to experience defeat and devastation. And that's ended up what happened, as we saw in our last lesson. And so he's saying that there is a harvest field, and you and I as Christians, we have a message to give. We have people to serve to tell people of the hope that is in Christ Jesus, the provision of our Lord, the love of our Lord, the compassion of our Lord. No matter how bad this pandemic gets, through all the losses we've seen in the fires and our hearts break as we see that people's homes are burnt in their businesses, people have lost their jobs, people that have gone through tremendous discouragement and isolation, those who are sick and battling cancer, those who have gone through so much in this year alone, we have a message to give, no matter who wins the election, how bad things get, whatever happens in the weeks and the months ahead, we have an invitation to give. And Jesus is going to say here, as we will see next week, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And I believe that we need to keep in mind that that's a message that we are to give to others during this time and as we are going to be entering into the Christmas season. You know, we know the message of Christmas, that the very first words that were spoken of the angel concerning the birth of Jesus is, don't be afraid, for born unto you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we have a message that Jesus came the light of the world, the Savior of the world, for born unto you in the city of David, a Savior for all peoples. It is for anyone who will come to him. The stakes couldn't be higher. We have the greatest message and the message of hope. He is our hope because Jesus came And he would leave Capernaum and Galilee. He would make his way to Jerusalem. He would go to a cross, and he would die for our sins. And for you who don't know him, listen, I say this very honestly. There is eternal consequences, and the Lord weeps, and we weep. And you will find that your life will be in ruins and desolate And you will find that there's eternal consequences separated from him. There is a judgment that's going to come. But here's the good news. Listen, Jesus took the judgment that you and I deserve on himself as he experienced the wrath of the Father as our sins were placed upon him. And he made atonement for our sins on that cross. That's why he came, because he loves you. And he says, come to me. Come to me is always the invitation. Believe in me. Be forgiven. Have the hope of heaven and right relationship with the Father because there is the kingdom of God that will last forever. The kingdoms of this world are going to go away. We see that there's turmoil all around us, and we pray, yes, that it gets better. But I don't know what the future holds in the days ahead, but I do know this, that I have a future in Christ, and I belong to him. And he is my hope. And I know that I can have a spirit of joy that whatever comes my way in the holidays and in this new year, that underneath it all I can have a joy unspeakable and a peace that passes understanding. And I want to serve others, and I want to be a light to others. Can we focus on that? To be praying yes for our nation. To be praying for those around us who are hurting and to reach out, that doesn't stop. And as the world gets darker, that the light's going to get brighter in that dark world. Let's be a light. And let's look at people the way that Jesus looks at them with broken heart because, because they don't know him. They've rejected him. And that we would have a desire to reach them and minister to them that we would tell them the hope that we have in Christ and the joy that we have in our hearts because he is our hope. He is our hope. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for these words. And as we know that Jesus went to a cross and died for our sins, if there's anyone who's listening on this snowy morning, Lord, where we have seen so much uncertainty, where we have seen so much going on, that we would come to understand, if anyone's here, that you haven't made a commitment to Christ. Maybe you've been going to church. Maybe you're trying to be religious. Maybe you're unsure. Jesus went to a cross. He came to this world. God incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ, and he did for you to give you hope because he came to take care of the sin problem. The one who was sinless went to a cross and died for you specifically because he loves you. And as he hung on that cross, he cried out, It is finished. I've done the work. I paid the price. And the invitation is for you to come in faith. And as you come in faith, you will be forgiven. As you surrender your life to him, as you turn to him, because your hope is not in this world or in yourself or anything else or anyone else. It's only in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross and rising from the grave. And he loves you so much. Will you come and call out on him? Call out his name, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is the day of salvation. You can do that right now. You can pray, Jesus, I come, and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your love for me is real. Forgive me. I believe you rose from the grave. I ask that you would be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to follow you and know you. And Lord, thank you for making all things new. And the hope that you've given to me and bringing me into the family of god and for all of us whatever it is that we're going through the lord that you would help us be light in the darkness that you would help us to have a spirit of joy that you would strengthen us as we feel weakened that we remind us of the certainty that we have in you and that when we do need wisdom that we can come to you and ask of you and ask in faith And you'll give it to us liberally as your word declares because you want to guide us and direct us. And Lord, more than ever, that we would draw close to you. And as a church, we would come together. Again, we just pray that that you would use us in these last days that we're in before you come for your church. We don't know when that's going to be, but it could be any time. But we are in perilous times. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to keep our eyes on eternity, on the things above. And Lord, we do ask for your help in every way, whatever it is that we're facing. Bring the wisdom we need, the provision we need, the comfort that we need, the healing that we need, Lord, the encouragement. Build us up. Lord, we do have certainty of a future, because you are our future and our hope. So we thank you for that. I pray you keep everybody safe, and Lord, that um, You would just uh, bless us this week as we go our way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a great day. Keep safe. And hopefully we'll see you next week as we'll be back here on Sunday morning.